Welcome to Funeral Directors Chat, where funeral professionals discuss industry topics, trends, and news. And now your host, Nancy Bourbon. Hi, I'm Nancy Bourbon, your host for Funeral Directors Chat, a podcast providing funeral professionals with insight to current industry topics, news, and trends. Today, it's my great pleasure to welcome Chuck Gallagher from American Funeral Financial. He's the COO of this company, and it's located in Greenville, South Carolina. Welcome, Chuck. Hey, Nancy. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about what your company does? Sure. American Funeral Financial is the fastest growing provider of insurance assignment funding uh, in the United States. We uh, operate from coast to coast, and basically we provide an extraordinary service to funeral homes and to cemeteries by effectively being able to verify fairly quickly insurance policies so that we can fund the funeral and, and, and really make that transition easier for the funeral director and for the family that they're serving. I see. And one of the reasons that we wanted to speak with you today is because the economy is, is really in a very poor shape. And of course, just as it affects us in our day-to-day lives, it affects funeral homes and it affects people who have lost their loved ones. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. Nancy, it, it, it's been very difficult over the past several months. And Well, several months. Maybe we should take it back a little further than that. It's probably been very difficult over the past several years, quite honestly. Uh, Obviously, the economy took a turn for the worst, and that has really placed a a strain on families. And we're finding across the country, funeral home clients and and cemeteries are reporting to us that they're uh, finding perhaps their average sale reduced a bit or people being a bit more cost conscious. And and the, the, the hardest question that uh, that funeral directors ever have to ask is to a family, and I'll say it this way, pardon the southern accent, but the question is, how y'all going to pay for this? <laughs> and that's a challenge. It is. It's, it's very difficult. Funeral directors by nature uh, want to provide outstanding service and want to make this experience, which is very difficult for families who have lost loved ones, meaningful, a celebration of life. And the last thing they want to do is for that celebration to be hampered by uh, issues of money. And what we do is we, we really are able to intervene. We know there's three primary ways people will pay. I mean, obviously, they're going to either pay with cash or a valid check. That's one option. That assumes they have that money immediately available. They could pay with credit card option as well, uh, assuming they have available credit on the card. Or the third option, and the one that we find more and more people are looking to, is making it a cashless transaction by using insurance. And we effectively are a third-party provider that facilitates making that process for the funeral director uh, easier. You provide a lot of help to these funeral homes because um, a lot of times people will come in and they'll want to use their insurance, but perhaps there's some kind of a delay in the time it takes for them to contact their insurance provider and the time it takes to actually pay the funeral home. And as we know, a lot of funeral homes are closing um, because of, of of the economy, and they are asking for the money up front prior to uh, funeral services or interment. So that puts the family in kind of a situation that they've never been in before, and they truly do need this kind of help. Well, funeral homes, Nancy, are are figuring out that, um, bluntly put, they are not a bank. 
it, it used to be, and I'm, when I say used to be, let's just go back 20, 25 years. 20, 25 years ago, if in fact the family did not have the money and in fact the family chose to use insurance as a primary means of funding, um, here's the scenario. The, the, the funeral director would find out that insurance is going to be used. They would turn it over to, I'm going to say, Brenda in the back office. She would call MetLife, and today, here's what she hears. I'm sorry, but we cannot help you because of the Privacy Act. Insurance companies are doing what they can do to hold on to the money as long as possible and put up roadblocks and obstacles to, to getting information that really is going to be beneficial and helpful to the family. So it, it's becoming difficult for the funeral home to be able to uh, maneuver through that minefield, so to speak, uh, and, and make it an easy process for the family. And you're right. At this point, with the economy the way it is, a funeral home cannot uh, traditionally sit and wait on the money to come in 45 to 60 days later and hope that the insurance company is, in fact, going to pay the funeral home that did an assignment instead of paying the beneficiary who might spend the money. Right, and, and it seems very callous to try to explain that concept to a consumer or to a family um, because, you know, they want to think that, well, I'm going to come up with the money. I'll, I'll borrow it from my cousin or I'll borrow it from someone or I'll ask for an extension on my credit card when actually the answer is close at hand. It's an answer that you can provide and it's a problem that you can solve. Is that right? Well, th th that's true. Um, I know it does seem a bit callous, especially when I talk with funeral directors, when I say a funeral home is not a bank. But the reality of it is cash flow is important. It is a business operation, and it, it really is no longer appropriate for a funeral home to wait 45 to 60 days to get money from an insurance assignment. Uh, the funeral home has to pay the light bill. The funeral home has to pay their help. They have to go through what the, the, the normal natural process of operating a business is. So... When you use an assignment funding company um, like American Funeral Finance, we kind of bridge that gap. We're, we're able to, to help the family by making it a cashless transaction and at the same time help the funeral home by getting them their cash within 24 hours of approval of the policy. No, it makes, it makes a lot of sense actually when you think about it because funeral directors are not trained in finance. They're not financial people. They're trained in service. They're trained in taking care of client families. And they don't do this very well. They don't handle the financial piece very well. And this is probably one of the biggest reasons why independent funeral homes are in trouble right now, because they try to do something. They try to enter into a field that they really don't have any training or expertise in. You know, Nancy, you're actually 100 percent right with the comment that you just made. I've, uh, I've been in this industry since 1991 and, and with Stewart Enterprises from 93 to 2008. I've been involved in, in small operations with 60 interments a year to uh, large with 2,400. And the thing that I've found across the board is we as professionals in the funeral industry are trained to provide outstanding and expert service. Correct. We aren't bankers. We just absolutely abhor having to deal with that conflictual issue of money. And when a funeral home can, can bridge that gap 
and, and turn that responsibility over to people that know what to do, how to do it, and are efficient at doing it, uh, that makes a whole lot of sense. It does make sense. And I think a lot of, of families don't realize that they will be um, facing this conflict. And when the funeral director gives them this service, which is going to make it very seamless, they have enough to do with planning the service and the whole bereavement process without having to worry about money or whether they'll be able to provide a proper a burial for their loved ones. There are many things that are going to come up that are unexpected. And also, what a pleasant surprise to have the family leave the funeral home with money in their pocket and not 45 or 60 days down the line and compromising the funeral director and what kind of services he can provide. When you put this in his hands and he's actually providing the service, isn't this a kind of branding? a kind of way of separating yourself from the other funeral homes in your community. You know, it is. And in fact, Nancy, let me just share a little story with you. One of our, our um, clients, and uh, I want to say it was Ohio or Illinois. I can't remember, but I, I remember geographically generally where it was. But we got a call from a funeral director. He sat down. I want to say it was on a Tuesday. I think this is pretty accurate. But he sat down on a Tuesday. He had just begun using our services and uh, in this particular case, there were three uh, sons there. They were aged 47 to 53. Dad had died. Mom had died several years earlier, so this was the, the loss of the second parent. The funeral director had made a comment to them. He said something to this effect. He said, I know that one of the most difficult questions we have to ask is how people are going to pay for the arrangements, and we know that most families would prefer, if possible, to make this a cashless transaction. We work with a company that advances against uh, insurance policies, so we certainly could use the policy on your father's life to pay for the services here today. In fact, uh, the company we use can also advance against that policy and cash the policy out. In fact, I could have you a check before I could get you a death certificate for your father's death. Would you like to for us to see if this policy could be advanced against? One of the brothers broke down into tears, and the funeral director assumed in that that perhaps it was just the recognition that this was, you know, re really the finality of celebrating their father's life. And, of course, as a guy, he didn't want to be too emotional, so he pulled himself together. He looked at the funeral director and said, are you saying to me that you could have my portion of this policy in my hands before Friday? Funeral director was a bit caught off guard. He said, well, if the policy verifies, I could have that check to you, yes, before Friday. He looked back at the funeral director, this brother, son of his father, and said, my wife and I are losing our house on Friday. She lost her job over nine months ago. We're behind on our house payment. It is up for foreclosure, and if we cannot make the payments in arrears, we will be homeless on Friday. And he said, I never wanted to lose my father but I never thought coming into your funeral home today could possibly be the thing that saved our home. The policy verified it took us 20 minutes. The next day on a Wednesday, we had the money wire transferred to the funeral home. And when the family came in for the previewing for the um, uh, uh, visitation that night, the funeral director handed each of the brothers their respective portion of that policy. The guy saved his house. The funeral director called us on Thursday morning beaming. He was a hero. He could not have been happier. And what we have found since then is those three brothers have been the best advertisement that funeral home in that community has ever had. Because now 
the funeral home is known as something more than a place that takes care of the celebration of a person's life, but they have become an arm to facilitate helping people get cash when they need it the most. And I have to give credit to the funeral home. They were perceptive enough to just ask the question. I know, we all know, not everybody wants to take advantage of everything, but at least they empowered the consumer to make that choice. And we know now in the market that we're in, especially with the baby boomers, give them choices empower them and make it an experience that's unexpected. When you give me something I don't expect that's for my benefit, man, I tell you what, I am a customer for life. Oh, of course. In every industry, when you exceed expectations, it's going to leave an impression on you. And there is enough bad publicity going on in the funeral industry. I'm sure you hear it every day, Chuck, as I do, um, to actually separate yourself from, from the fray and actually provide positive empowering circumstances for these families is just, it's such a gift. It really is. Well, it is. And straight up from a purely business perspective, it makes a whole lot of sense as well, because, you know, with 22,000 plus funeral homes in the United States, obviously not everybody is using this type of service or that provision of this type of service. So, he happens to be the only one in that community that's doing that, and that separates him from everyone else. Everybody says, we offer great service. What does it mean, and how does that differentiate from your competitor? Well, golly, if you can differentiate from your competitor by offering, and I don't mean this to sound tacky, but cash back with the transaction. If you can put cash in someone's hand more quickly, uh, that is definitely something that differentiates you and certainly should bring you business. Right. And you're also looking at people that maybe have tapped out their credit due to the economy, people that are out of work. There are homes, I'm sure, where, where uh, both partners are out of work and they're just they're just getting by. Now, if something unexpected happens like a death, that just throws um, a monkey wrench in, into everything. They don't know how to cope. They don't know what to do. If they do go to a funeral home that asks for money up front, what are their options? They don't know what their options are. That's correct. They really don't. And, you know, you can go back. Let's say I don't want to put this. You can go back 25 years. I'm in Greenville, South Carolina now. Mm -hmm. You can go back 25 years. And if you said 25 years ago in Greenville, South Carolina, that the cremation rate would be pushing 40 percent, we would have told you you were crazy. We are in the midst of the Bible Belt. In fact, we might be the buckle of the Bible Belt. And there would be no way that would be the case. And yet here it is 2010, and sure enough, it's pushing upwards of 40%. And, of course, people who are listening to this will know in their parts of the country it may be well in excess of 50 or 60%. It's a trend. Well, the same trend is taking place when it comes to the financial side of, um, of, of the funeral business, so to speak. Funeral homes are recognizing that since they're not a bank, they need to deal with financial professionals who can help them through the process so they can focus on what they're doing. And over the next five years, most progressive funeral homes were going to understand that this is just another part of the process so that they can focus on their core business and we can focus as financial professionals on how we can help them. You're right, Chuck. And I speak to a lot of funeral directors um, across the uh, country. And a lot of times client families come in and they're asking for cremation because their perception, just their perception of cremation, is that it's a lot less expensive than traditional burial. 
and they are looking to cut costs because perhaps they don't realize that they could actually get money from their insurance policy, and they're looking at what cash they have on hand, and they don't want to take from their mortgage fund or their children's college fund to pay for dad's funeral. Now, if, if it was explained to them that cost is not a factor, that they could use your service and that they could actually get cash out, I'm sure that would change a lot of the way that they view how they're going to bury their loved one. It does. In fact, um, with a number of our firms, uh, we've asked them some questions just so we can get a little better feel of, of, of the pulse of what's taking place. Um, questions like, how much has your... Uh, service increased, I'm talking in dollars, business dollars, and we're able to find out two things. There seem to be two factors. One is, if you are using insurance as the primary means of paying, i.e., I don't have to pay out of pocket, write a check, use my credit card, my cash. If I'm using mom's insurance policy, I will on average spend 6.1% more than I would if I have to pay it out of pocket. Now, that's an average across the board. So, And I, I would assume most funeral homes would be quite pleased if they could pick up an extra 6% uh, average uh, on, on what they're currently doing. The other thing that we find is um, that when you cash out a policy, the increase tends to run somewhere between 12 to 19% with families increasing their pre-need purchases after a death. Um, when, it, when a death takes place, if you think about it, it's generally a pretty emotional time, and the people that are left behind, while emotion is high, are more apt during that first 30 days to make pre-arrangement choices than they are six months later, a year later, or five years later. Uh, so when you're able to cash out a policy at a time when emotion is fairly high, the one thing that is a fact is there is cash available for at least a down payment on a pre-need so that the process doesn't have to be uh, gone through again when the next person happens to, uh, to pass. Excellent point. I would have never thought of that. So that's actually increased revenue for the funeral directors. Absolutely. Not only increase on the at-need side, but increase on the pre-need side as well. Right. And so they're actually saying, yes, you did, you did a great job. You took care of this. You gave me an innovative way to pay for the funeral. And as such, I'm going to put a down payment on my own funeral. Absolutely. That's great. That's really great. I'm sure a lot of the funeral directors would love to hear that. Well, when it's, and I say this, it sounds kind of funny, but, but the reality is, if, if I'm cashing out a policy, let's say I'm delivering a check for $6,500 to beneficiaries, uh, the reality is they will set an appointment with me to see me after the service because I'm going to be bringing them a check. And Well, they're also going to be there at that appointment because I'm uh, bringing them a check. And when I am there and we talk about pre-need in a tasteful manner, uh, they can't tell me they don't have the money for the down payment because I just gave them a check. Right. So uh, across the board, it is clearly a win, and I think most funeral professionals on the line or listening would agree that if a person can pre-plan, the reality is it eliminates that emotional conundrum that they face when there has been a death. Correct. Now, now Chuck, do you see any trends in the industry that we haven't spoken about, financial or otherwise? Well, 
I think there are clearly some trends that are taking place. Um, you, you hear a lot of them talked. Okay, we know about the trend in cremation. We understand that there is going to be a massive number of baby boomers who will be facing end-of-life challenges, and I am one of them. And I know as a baby boomer, we think we are much younger than our bodies um, actually perhaps even show. Um, I think the one trend, though, Nancy, that doesn't seem to catch a lot of press, and it's one that concerns me, is across the industry, baby boomers are all about the show and the service and the celebration. And when that group, I'm 53, when the 53-year-olds are hitting 73 and 80, uh, I am concerned that if we do not meet what their needs and expectations are that we will find the funeral profession may be the folks that handle the bodies and the event planners are the ones that make off with all the money. Um, so I, I do think we need to be much more event focused and uh, perhaps less traditionally focused. Uh, a cremation that turns out to be a $35,000 event is a, makes for a great average but we need to think more like event planners and less perhaps than we have for past generations as funeral directors. No, you're right. And we have spoken already about funeral celebrants and how that whole culture is the um, Australians and the news and the people from New Zealand have been doing this for 30, 35 years. And now it's catching on in the United States and funeral homes are actually, um, you know, employing funeral celebrants in lieu of um, clergy when these people are not really churched or they're not religious in nature and then maybe they're spiritual but they're not they don't really want a catholic or a a protestant priest officiating who doesn't even know their uh, loved one well it's an it's an interesting time and it's a dynamic time it's kind of fascinating just to look at the graphs and the number of people that will ultimately be using the service and um you know, from our end on a financial side, we want to be positioned as um, as the financial provider of choice so that when the funeral home focuses on the celebration, we can focus on the finance. Exactly, because they're in the business of death and you're in the business of how, you, how are you going to pay for it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Um, Chuck, it's been a pleasure speaking to you today, and I think this is a really valuable service. Now, um, if any of our listeners would like to contact you personally and perhaps have a question that we haven't addressed, how would they get in touch with you? Well, there's two easy ways to do that. One is they can email me. That is Chuck, C-H-U-C-K, at AmericanFuneralFinancial.com. Chuck at AmericanFuneralFinancial.com. Or they can give us a call on our toll-free number. That is 877-213-4233. 877-213-4233. Thank you so much, Chuck. Nancy, thank you. Appreciate it. You take care. United Priority Distributors offers an extensive catalog of unique and exclusive cremation urns, including artistic urns, veterans' memorials, and brass urns that can be engraved and shipped the same day. For more information, visit unitedpriority.com.